This is the librarian and the following spoken word piece I entitled X Facto. One, two, three, red light. You have the right to remain silent. Be cautious of your next move or you will be perceived as violent. Be calm. Remembering to breathe steadily. Make no sudden movements. Keep your hands visible high above the steering wheel and do not answer with a hasty attitude. Maintain your manners, respond with respect. And if you absolutely must resist, let it be your urge to be rude. Disregard the assumed positions and die in a legacy of public opinions, which soon pale in comparison to attentions given to popular at mentions. We've come a long way from being hung from trees, but don't be appeased by amenities provided by the hands of authorities, whose puppets, mastering the arts of influence, trickle trinkets to those who favor the rule of scarlet letters and sovereign tools. The lust of loins that April fools in to prostitution and sexual abuse. Mixed media mimics, marketing gimmicks, the marionettes dangle celebrity with utilitarian accuracy. Their principles of instant pleasure perpetuated generationally. Culture coining capitalism in salacious swifts. Moral compasses spiraling. The economy in need of a facelift. Consummated on the backs of youthful innocence. Trafficked through public service and spoiled by the sins of the deviant. Red Rover makes them pull over. Drunk and in his feelings, Rover drives beyond the limit. Like Johnny Cash cutting corners, he speeds through lanes he's unfamiliar with. Uncharted territories compromises his integrity. Rover coming over reaps Rover the reaper of a soft shoulder. Mother, may I speak? Because anything I say can and will be used against me. In a court of law by neighbors who will only judge me unjustly. Simon says one has a right to legal representation, but to advocate on one's own behalf concedes one as militant. Incarceration reigns with unsubstantiated claims, while gossip girls monetize articles through headline campaigns. Hashtags and gossip gas, the rumors through the mill. Peter Piper serves it hot, so remember to sip the tea he spills. Failure to caution on the side of error. Against the grain, there is no measure. In regards to the will of man's spirit over the power of pleasure. Consumed by the snare of one's own gluttony, society tailors the grail of hypocrisy by disregarding its own sobriety because it yields to public philosophy. I want to do something a little different. I want to do some real Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. 
Bold stances and lewd advances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here today. I hope wherever you at, your day, your morning, your evening, you're doing well. I hope, I pray, you're a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday. I pray you allow the words to manifest in your life and affect change. Spoken Soul Sessions family, it's a beautiful day. I have a beautiful guest in the building today. I've been waiting to do this interview for a minute. I seen this beautiful sister on Instagram live and she just blew me away. I'm talking about none other than the beautiful D Librarian family. When I tell you, you guys are in for a treat today. Let me get his sister the proper introduction she deserves. Now, this is a first for me because I've been doing interviews for a minute now. And this is the first bio I received that came in the form of prose or a poem. And I thought it was amazing. And I think you guys would too. The librarian. She says, if I had to summarize myself with one word, I say I'm gritty. Because of my indomitable spirit is built on a salacious rock. Rich in nutrients Flowing from castles made of sand My sharp angular grain Sustains firmness of character Enabling me to identify impurities Within the atmosphere Ladies and gentlemen Please Help me give a Warm, warm welcome To my sister And your sister D. Librarian Hello, my beautiful sister. How are you today? I am wonderful, King. Peace and blessings. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. (laughs) Most definitely, Queen. You most definitely deserve it. So we're not going to waste no time. I've been I've been fiending to do this interview. I caught you on Instagram live. I believe you were on you was on one of those shows. I believe you was on the William Washington show. I caught that interview and then I caught another another um, interview on another um, Instagram live show. And you really, really blew me away. You blew me away because your your poems are so I don't want to say subtle, 
but they're so serene and they're so they make you think when you sit down and listen to you spit i mean the message that you bring with your poetry is just phenomenal and uh i definitely had to have you on the show so tell us i'm gonna ask you the first question my audience know the first question i ask every artist every guest miss the librarian why why poetry why spoken word well, um, spoken word for me, uh, one, first and foremost, um, it was suggested uh, to me at first to write poems. Um, when I was about 10 years old, I did a reading assignment and I was in a Catholic school. I don't even remember what I wrote, but I wish I had the poem. But my reading teacher selected me and one other person to share our poems in front of the class. And then she told me, that I should probably try to write poetry more often because she felt that I was really good. And I just found in, in as the years went by, I just found that to be so peculiar and it really stood out because it was a, a nun who told me that oh. who would know that flash forward two more decades or so when I finally came into an actual realization that I was purpose to do this in certain experiences and disciplines in my life, throughout my life, they all correlate and prepared me for this part. So because of my my spirituality, uh, the Christian faith and whatnot, I realized that that is my assignment mm. in the body of Christ. Um, that is what I'm supposed to do. I am a, um, what do they call it? Uh, people like a messenger or oh, prophets. They call Prophet. us messengers. Prophets, mm. yes, not just a prophet, but also a disciple because I am disciplined and I'm supposed to enforce that discipline in myself so that others can see it and share it. And I try to allow that teaching, the, the, that actual part of discipline, I want that teaching to reflect in my work, but also poetry became therapeutic for mm. me. I was the first person I started writing for. I wrote because of what I was dealing with and the more I wrote the more I read about poetry the more I read other people's poetry the more I found that it did for me and then when I was introduced to spoken word when I was like uh, I used to see other artists do it from time to time and I didn't really know it but you know you used to watch um, stuff on always thought it was tight to watch rappers and poets get up and do their thing and I've always been really animated and always outspoken and told stories a lot so when I did my first spoken word uh, I didn't know that reciting reading and reciting my poems to my folks was part of spoken word I didn't know that I just used to memorize them because I spent so much time with them but I did my first spoken word in college at Hampton University mm. for a sociology assignment called Who Am I? And I memorized my poem before I went in out there. And I yep, 2000 in the fall of 2000 at Hampton University. And it was well received. And I was just like, wow. And people would always tell me that I was a natural at speaking. If, if I had to do a presentation in class, just all these different things. And then the experiences, they just, everything is a culmination of all of those experiences to bring me to this point. And when I started realizing my own skill, mm. I was like, I'm supposed to be doing this. 
That's right. You definitely supposed to be doing this. I mean, you Ooh. definitely blew me away. I mean, like your story is a, is is a lot similar to mine because it was it was people around me who pushed me towards the spoken word because I was really selfish with it. Like I would write personally and I would just save it and I would just put it in my uh-huh. books. Only very few people got a chance to to really read it. And your your position that you take on on guarding your spoken word is the same approach I take because if you go on my it's funny if you go on my um facebook or or instagram or anything the poems that I put up there you won't find a lot of poetry up there you'll find snippets because I'm really yeah. I'm really you know I I really guard my work and I don't lot of put a lot of stuff out there just to be out there you know yeah. so I, I I definitely take that same approach I would write some stuff but every everything that I put out on the internet pretty much basically it would be something that I wrote right there in the moment. Like any post yeah. that's on Facebook that that contains a poem is something that I wrote right there at, at the spot and I just po- posted it. It wasn't something that I worked on for weeks or how I, I performed my pieces. So I think mm-hmm. the same the same kind of, of process that you take, I take also. But the story is definitely similar because people around me, was for, they was like, yo, you, you're really good and you should... You know what I'm saying? You should do the spoken word thing. You should really do spoken word. Because I was like, spoken word? I was like, nah. That's like the deaf poets and all that. I was like, nah. But then I start getting into it and I start watching them. I'm like, oh, this is pretty dope. And that feeling you get when you receive for the first time. Because I me- I heard you mention that it was well received, your first poem when you did it in the college. And that's that feeling. is like, it's like a drug. Because... Once you feel like you're like, yo, I can really affect change with my words. Like people feel it. Like yeah. people done came up to me, no lie. Like I done done shows and and people have cried, cried in the audience. Like do a certain poem and, and I'm doing my set and, and it was like, yo, that poem affected me so much. So that's the reward for poets like us, you know, where we write words that really help people in their daily lives. It really help people get to that next level or give some type of clarity or some type of answers to something that somebody has been looking for and they can find it right in your spoken word. Like your intro, I just thought your intro was just amazing. When I read that, I thought those few words, it just resonated. It resonated so crazy to me. I was sitting there reading it like three or four times. I'm like, wow, the way you talked about the rock and the sand, you said I'm gritty. And I'm like, Oh shit! I was like, I was like, oh snap! This this joint is crazy. The metaphor that you're using is going around the board. I've never seen that before. When someone give me an intro, they say, "Yo, this is my bio. Read my bio." And I was like, whoa! I think that's profound. It's profound. But definitely, you are where you supposed to be, my sister. You are definitely where you supposed to be. Now, I want my audience to get a taste before we get into the nitty gritty. I want to, I want my audience to get a taste of what you do and why I was so blown away. So I'm going to set the stage up for you. I'm going to first play a, a, a commercial from one of my sponsors, and then okay. we're going to get back and I'll set the stage up for you after this. So get your piece prepared and we'll get ready right into it. Okay. Hello. 
This is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you, his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, the librarian. You know, sometimes in society, we're often bothered by all of the noise and everything that goes on. And a lot of that noise comes from the personal attitudes, beliefs, and opinions that other people have. And I've also found it incredibly difficult to... um, to interact with people when they have these preconceived notions of myself. And then as we're, you know, having conversations and talking, their opinions affect the way that they engage with me and how they perceive some of the things that I'm saying. And uh, sometimes the experiences are enlightening and sometimes they're so frustrating and it feels like they just pick my breathe. The same energy that motivates one to fight for justice is the same energy that fuels my purpose to fight against social injustice. You see, racism isn't our only issue. I choose to fight against society and all of its damaging ideology. I'm also not a fan of If I see any of these behaviors online or in person, I will say something to you about it, especially when you're doing it to me. I don't agree with ignoring shit because people need to be checked about their foolishness. So don't tell me to be quiet because I won't. I'm strong enough to stand alone. I've been doing it, but I'm not alone anymore. So don't use me or disrespect me because I will cut you off quicker than a bitch in heat. I'm not advocating for division. I just don't have time for those who criticize others for living and believing different. I speak out because I choose to. So I don't need anyone's advice about being quiet. I have a problem with society and I will not oblige it. You can look at me crazy all you want to. I'll shut down any argument from a fool. Because my life, it's sitting pretty. 
I'm rock solid. My values are founded in nature that keeps me in autopilot. Don't worry about my frame of mind because I promise I got I'm free from bandwagons and flocks of sheep. Then wolves better run when they see me. My passion burns skin deep. You may as well call it jealousy the way I zealously protect me. Please believe you will never see me bow down to human fallacy. I will rebut at the expense of living lonely. I refuse to allow society to kill me. So I live freely, free of OPP because another person's opinion will not define me. I'm exhausted with average thinking. So an outlier I'll be, but free and not bonded to the confinements of my belly. Peace. Phenomenal piece. We got to unpack that one more time. One more time. <laughs> wow. Now, you got to tell us. Let's unpack this piece. This piece is dope. Where you was at, where your headspace was at when you wrote this? What drove this piece? What was the, what was the, the driving factor that allowed this piece to make it on paper? That driving factor, let me see. I'm actually trying to pull that. I'm trying to remember what date that was. I'm actually trying to pull that up right now. What happened was that, uh, like how I led my segue into that. I wrote this in April, actually, and I was having a conversation with uh, Brown Goddess. Brown Goddess 1979, if y'all follow her and know her. Um, She's a really dope poet and we have all these conversations about stuff. And like I said, I first write for me. So, and it's not just because I write for me, that means I write for people like me. So people like me are my primary audience and not just us, but for society, because in my poems, I want members of society to know how annoying it is at times with the things that they do and how they frustrate me. I get so tired of people coming at me, telling me something um, about if I raise my voice at somebody and talk about the way we treat people. First of all, I treat Mm. people very well. Mm. If you received a harsh word from me or if I've raised my voice, that means you have done something to me Mm -hmm. and I've already spoken to you about it. And we've had this conversation more than once or whatever. I don't follow along with traditional rules of society. I do not agree with common thought, Mm. common sense. Pop sense, uh, popular opinion and what other people say and do. And my issue with that is that members of society think because they have these rules and concepts that they want to live by, those same members project those attitudes and beliefs onto other people. So when they're engaging with you, I, I, I observe people a lot. So I'm really interested in interpersonal relationships, linguistics, communication, sociology, and psychology. All of that stuff runs together. Mm-hmm. I watch people a lot and I've served in the army which I don't care if somebody is older than me my military service put me at more life experience in four and a half years than some people twice my age have and so it's like if you've never had to live somewhere else and I'm not talking about just visiting for a couple of months or going somewhere for a couple of days, like actually having to live in a different state, better yet, a different country. A different state is enough, but a different country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then having to adapt 
to those ways of thinking, those ways of living. You have to give reverence for how these people live and military service and in prison and, and, and being in, incarcerated are two of the environments that will grow someone up and expose them to all kinds of people and personalities and requires the most adaptation. And so if you've never had to adjust your attitudes and your ways of living to be able to live somewhere else, you really can't say anything about life. Mm. And I don't like people trying to expect me to conform to the way that they think and move. I don't agree with lots of things that society mm. does. And I'm not moving like y'all. Y'all, a lot of folks, they lack integrity. They mm. like discipline. Everybody just wants, to, not everybody, but you get what I'm, what I mean when I'm Definitely. saying that most people only seek to please their flesh. Mm. I will not conform to your ways of thinking. I do not find it to be of honorable uh, mention or of appropriate decorum to refer to myself as a bitch in conversation. I'm mm-hmm. not a bitch. That's right. Don't talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that. I'm not going to sit in the company of another woman who's boasting about messing with the married man and be that woman that's going to, you know, sit up there and encourage that. Mm. I'm not going to mess with the married man and then call myself running my mouth to the wife or the woman because I'm just leaning on whatever he told me. And I'm a woman myself mm-hmm. when I should know better. You know, it's just different things like that. And that's where all of it came. And people are always trying to call me crazy and if you look at the definition of crazy and I'm like well shit I'm not going to take that as an insult anymore because to be honest if you push the right buttons on anybody anybody can be a little crazy That's right. and and to look also means to see or as in perception meaning to concede or comprehend or understand so that's where that line comes from you can look at me crazy all you want to because when you go against the grain and I got a poem entitled against the grain when you go against Mm -hmm. the grain popular thought common thought people do look at you as if you're crazy look at some of the most prolific uh, people in history like Aristotle and then you have uh, John Stuart Mill and you have these people uh, like Albert Einstein and all these other people who created inventions and made all of these huge contributions to science and stuff and because they didn't go along with uh, common thought people sought them as crazy but you saw them that they were out of their mind but they took the time to study mm. so now you going to call them crazy that's right And it's like, I don't jump on bandwagons. People who jump on bandwagons or believe anything that others tell them or those who get sucked into conspiracy theories or those rabbit holes or whatever, those are the sheep. I'm I'm not a sheep. I ain't jumping on nobody's bandwagon about nothing. Mm. I'm going to look at the logic of any situation and I'm going to compare that to uh, proper interpretation. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if you can properly understand a word when you can conceptualize something that means you should be able to identify it whenever and however whenever however and wherever it presents itself and uh that's where a lot of that came so if it takes for me to have to live in a lot of isolation uh to where people are treating me as an object of aversion meaning somebody that they don't want to be around because i don't agree with you that is fine by me baby because the reality is y'all are going this way and i'm going that way mm, that's right i think i think that that's i think that's so profound the way you put that because 
You're right. Most people in society are sheep. You know the difference between the sheep and the goat. A sheep and a goat is is, is is a difference between the sheep and the goat. Come from the same family. <laughs> it's the same mm-hmm. thing, but there's a difference. A goat, a goat, like I, I heard this this one brother, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but I think he's profound and deep. Um, Phil Valentine. Phil Valentine said, he said, What do a sheep do all day? So his his class was like, What? They said, What do a sheep do all day? And then he said, Look in the ass of another sheep. He said, that's all they do all day. They follow. You can you can lead a sheep off a cliff. Or not, maybe not all of them, but you can definitely get a few of them to go off the cliff if you just take them a certain way and then veer off. They'll just keep going because they're not paying attention to what's going on. But if you look at a goat, a goat, if you're at the top of a hill and the goat is at the top of that hill and you coming up that hill, that goat will ram your ass if, if, if you're trying to come into his his territory. A goat go where they want to go. Goats climb mountains. You know what I'm saying? You don't see no. You don't see no. You don't see no sheep climbing mountains. But you can see a goat. A goat will climb a mountain. A goat will come and go to a mountain and climb that shit and get to the top of it. But a sheep won't. You dig what I'm saying? So it's a difference between being a sheep and being a goat. And Everybody is not built for that. And I agree with that sentiment exactly, my sister, because you have a lot of people today. I was just having a conversation, which is going to be a podcast. I'm I'm about to do a podcast on this topic. It's so crazy that you said that. But I was having a conversation with my brother, my, my, my younger brother. And we was having a conversation about having integrity. And I was like, because we always go back and forth. Like, yo, your generation, because he's younger than me. I'm like, your generation is lost. And he'd be like, no, your generation was lost. We was following y'all. And yeah. da, 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 da. So we go all the way back and forth and all that. But I was telling him, I said, the problem today is that a lot of us don't have integrity. A lot mm-hmm. of us don't have that principle no morals to stand by. You dig what I'm saying? Everything today, it seems like it's about a bag. Oh, I got to get a bag. And and getting the bag, it excuses every other immoral act or, or, or thing that you delve into is justified because, oh, I was getting a bag. And this is this is what's plagued our people today. And I find it, I find it so annoying. I find it so frustrating that we can't get past this this trick because it's a trick you know what i mean it's not it's not nothing it's nothing real they dangle these things in front of you and you go running but the only thing we need is the awareness to know that only thing we need is each other we can build each other we can build each other we can support each other but that's the that's the problem the problem with black is that we got so many things dividing us. We got so many mishaps. We got so many, so many things that's in the mix that's dividing and subdividing us. And that's why we as a people, we never get strong enough to be able to close a fist to defend ourselves because this thing is over here doing this. That thing is over there doing that. The pinky is doing his own thing. I got swag. You know what I'm saying? So everybody doing their whole thing. So we can't put a fist together to defend ourselves. And this is what's plaguing us today. And I think it's crazy. That poem right there was so on point, so profound that I was like, wow, look at this, man. I was just having this conversation with my younger brother. <laughs> and and I was like, yo, your, your generation ain't got no damn, they ain't got no, uh, no integrity, no principle, because you'll do anything 
saying that, oh, I'm, I'm in pursuit of the bag. So if you're in the pursuit of the bag, anything is, you know what I'm saying? Anything is out of here. And you said something else that was profound. You was like, people who are forced to live in different places where you got to uproot, like you, and you made two prime examples. You said being incarcerated and you said being in the military. Okay. And I think those are two prime examples because you find a lot of individuals like some people go to jail and they come back worse than they were but then you have other individuals come to jail like Malcolm X like they come they go in jail and they have that time that space to to really meditate to really think and they come out a whole different version of themselves that's so much better and people in the military too because you gotta you gotta be able to adjust and you can't, you know what I'm saying? When you in doing the, the same things every day, every day, you can't adjust. But when you put a person in a position where they got to, like, if you in the military, you either fight or flight, and they throwing bullets at you, you got to figure that shit out quick. It ain't it ain't, yeah. it ain't, nothing about, oh, like, oh, no, I can't do this. Nah, you got to figure it out. And you got, and you got to, yeah, you got to adjust. And in prison, I would imagine it would be the same thing, that when you get there, you got to have to adjust and you're dealing with different personalities and you're being you're being able to look at different personalities and, and, and learn how to navigate through that where, you know, what I'm saying you can avoid certain situations. So I think I think the analogy that you use was profound in regards to how how we as a people need to come up. And I think what's missing, how you mentioned, is that integrity that thing that makes us say that I'm going to stand on this. Like you like you said, you got sisters out there that I don't care about her being married. I ain't married to her. I, I like that man. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? And it'd be the same way. But you got some sisters that got that integrity that you ain't going to play that with. You know what I'm saying? You're not going. You're not just going to say, "Oh, oh, I'm just going to violate this sister because it's a disrespect." You know, you got a woman, and you're trying to highlight this sister right here. She may be beautiful and everything, but at the same time, you have to respect her. So that respect level, when you hold yourself to a, a certain degree, you're going to demand respect. You're going to emanate respect. When brothers see you, I don't see a bitch or a hoe. When I see you, my sister, I see a queen. I see, I see uh, uh, royalty. You know, I see somebody like I was in the presence of Farrakhan or I was in the presence of, of, of Martin Luther King or some great Maya Angelou or whoever. But when I'm around and I see your character, it emanates respect. It exudes respect. And to call you out of your name would be disrespecting myself, let alone you. It'll be disrespecting myself. You know what I mean? Because when you when you disrespect someone who warrants respect, the disrespect comes on you tenfold because everybody going to look at you like you got two heads. That's like that's like going up to the Farrakhan and saying, oh, you's a stupid ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? Do that. You, you ain't like, do, that. do that. You know what I'm saying? You ain't do that. You like you in the presence of greatness. And when you in the presence of greatness, you can you can feel it. And people adjust. If you take an average Joe off the street and you put him in the presence of someone like Farrakhan or the late uh, uh, Khalid Muhammad or, or or someone great of stature, like like yeah. a Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, somebody, somebody that got some stature with them or some respect, they'll straighten yeah. up. They'll straighten up because they know they're in the presence of royalty. And that's the way we have yeah. to move. We have to move like that. And 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 I, and I think it's so phenomenal, so refreshing to hear you say it to have those principles because a lot of sisters today don't have those principles, they don't have that integrity. They'll sleep with your man in a heartbeat and won't feel no ways about it. They won't feel two ways about it, and I think that's crazy, man. But we as a people, 
it's, it's, it's individuals like yourself, you know, who exude this respect, these principles where we can look at and we can learn from. Our, the sisters can look at you and say, yo, this is an example of how to be as a woman. This is an example of how to carry myself. You know what I mean? And and you still got the same beauty. You see, you got these sisters out here that be going ham trying to alter their bodies. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to wear revealing clothes and everything. But the respect that you're getting right now in the presence of me, all these chicks out here that got the booty shorts on and wearing thongs and all that, they don't get even a quarter of the respect that you're getting right now. Not even a quarter of the respect. And a lot of sisters don't realize that. Men are visual. So when you out there doing this crazy nonsense, you think you're getting the admiration of these men, but you're not. You're just getting their perversion. You just, you just, you, you're just, you're just fulfilling, you're just fulfilling their need for this perversion that they got. And you need to carry yourself like a queen, like a lady. Because men gonna respect real. That's real. Men is going to respect real and queen. I have the utmost respect for you. Every time I ever seen you, you know, every time I ever seen you, you always carry yourself like a beautiful lady. You always carry yourself like a queen and you know what I'm saying? So your respect is deserved is well-deserved. And I, and I think that poem was just awesome, man. I think that poem was awesome, but uh, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too selfish because you know what I'm saying? Cause we can sit here and talk all day, you know what I'm saying about that poem, but I want to get, I want to get you into some more pieces, man. Cause I want my audience to get a chance to, to be privy to you because I'm already privy to you. I've been following you on Instagram, so they don't know about you yet, but they're going to know now. So you got, okay. you got another piece ready. I do actually. Um, what I would like to do real quick is, um, before, because I actually one of the things that I wanted to share is really really short. So to mm-hmm. add to that, I'm actually going to read the full paragraph for that bio, because that that was literally probably uh, it was only like that was probably almost half okay. <laughs> of that bio. <laughs> so I'll read that for y'all so y'all can see what the whole piece is. Okay. Initially, when I wrote this one, uh, Brown Goddess was hosting a, an event for artists. It was called Splash Palette. And she asked me for uh, a bio. And uh, so me being who I am, that's what I gave to her. And I liked it. I was like, I need to keep this for future reference. So here we go. All right, hold on. Let me set the stage up for you. I want the audience to be in tune. Coming back to the stage, give it up for the beautiful, lovely D-Librarian. If I had to summarize myself with one word, I'd say I'm good. Because my indomitable spirit is built of siliceous rock, rich in nutrients flowing from castles made of sand. My sharp, angular grain sustains firmness of character, enabling me to identify impurities within the atmosphere. I live life without fear, yet I adhere to governance that maintains my equilibrium. I find solace in the assertion of voice in all of its mediums. I believe an artist must comprehend the relevance of diverse expression because truth is a talent of many measures. Joy is a manifestation of benevolence given in reverence to my faith. I know what it means to stand alone and I'm prone to tempering myself to properly align my margins. 
unity, fellowship, intelligence, communication, justice, and freedom serve as the muse behind my writing curve. I use poetic expression to calm my nerves. That's that. Hey, you, you could have sent me that whole joint, man. I could have read that whole joint, man. <laughs> you ain't sent me a piece of it. <laughs> yeah, because I sent you. It was so crazy because it was in my uh, iPhone notes. And I have, like, two iPhones and, like, two iPads. But one iPad is, like, the screen is just shattered. But anyway, I'm always typing in the notes on some of them. And they all have different iCloud addresses. So I'm like, that joint oh, is God. profound, man. That, that, that The way you took the rock... I love the way you took the rock and you took it from every aspect. You took it from the, you said I'm gritty, but then you took it from the, from the sand to the, I mean, the grittiness that you're explaining in this joint right here is crazy, man. It's crazy because you <laughs> used the rock and you broke it down in every different aspect. And um, I think that joint is, is profound. You said you just wrote that. Someone asked that as a prompt and you wrote it as a prompt. Uh, a bio, uh, Brown Goddess, uh, she was having a show and I was part of the show and she mm. asked me for a bio. And when I gave her my bio, that's what I wrote. <laughs> that right there, you should, that, that should be copied. And every time someone asks you for a bio, you should give them that. You should yes, give them sir. that. That's a it's, a it's a it's a profound bio. It's a profound bio, man. I like it. I like the way you, because you, it sums up everything that all the things that I'm getting from you from doing this interview, it sums it up. It sums it up in that, in, in, in that, in that poem. It sums it up, man. Cause it's real. <laughs> I feel you. I feel the edginess. I feel your edginess. And I see that there's no nonsense. There's no nonsense, but you have a beautiful spirit. It's not like you a mean person. I don't get meanness from you. I don't get, I don't get meanness. I get, I get realness. Like you can look a person dead in their face and give them a smile and like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> and, and, be, and, be, and be real. And, and, and be, you know what I'm saying? So definitely, definitely uh, is right on point, Queen. You're, you're definitely right on point. I feel your energy. I feel your aura. And it's real. It's authentic. So I want to, you know what I'm saying? Cause we getting towards the end of the show. I want to hear some more poetry. I want to hear. I want to hear some more poetry. I want you to. Walk, I want you to awe and and wow my guests again. Cause the the first two poems you spit was just phenomenal. You know what I'm saying. So I really want you to just just keep keep it coming, man. Just give us one more that we can just get into a conversation about. Let's go. Coming okay. back to the stage. Let's give it up for the beautiful, lovely, D librarian. entitled this one Desert or Desserts however whichever way but Desert we're going to go with that pronunciation Desert you'll find why in a minute blanketed by the shadow of memories ruminating bound me in chills that darkness couldn't see cool Tingling sensations stirred beneath my chest as I gave way to its rise and fall. Its rapid rhythm altered the sound of my voice. The tears began to fall and I wept in agony as I recalled how I lost me 
and all the chaos. Sounds of overt chatter swam through my mind as I pined over the frivolous nature of my neighbors. Who knew this hood would be so unkind? Unproductive in disregard for time, it is no wonder the refined are unable to maintain peace of mind. Yet I'm here trying to make sense of how I lost mine. My state of confusion created the illusion that I was not worthy of love. My personality was too strong, they said. And though I never believed them, I couldn't quite shake the claim. You see, this calamity is a haughty beast to tame. Yet the brokenhearted and desolate are grossly familiar with its name. Uncommon to common folk, affirming my uniqueness, yet somehow aversion became the haunting, so now I move cautiously, but faithfully yoked unto the will of my creator. Now my heart aches for me. Peace. Wow, man, I, I found myself getting lost. I, I found myself getting lost. I've been missing my cues. I'm sitting there, I'm getting into the poem. I was like, right, I got to make sure I, I got everything set on the switchboards. But I'm like, damn, you making me lose my, you know what I'm saying? I'd be so engrossed into the poem. I'd be like, damn, I'm sitting here listening to this joy, man. Oh, that's phenomenal, man. Walk us through this, man. Walk us through where your headspace was at with this poem right here. Um, this one is, uh, is one of my favorites, uh, is what, one of the first ones that I realized that I'm actually pretty good at narratives. Mm. Uh, so through this, I'm learning, uh, I've been learning my writing styles. Uh, so I'm also finding, I, I thought I knew what my voice was, but I'm so diverse. Like I can mm. write in all kinds of ways, but narratives were great. Um, this was a writing prompt inspired by impromptu. So I don't know if anybody's ever following that, but that profile on Instagram is at the letter M prompt P R O M P T T O O impromptu. But anyway, this writing prompt came from January mm. and we had to write a narrative about our first heartbreak. Mm. So yes. And they said that it did. And I'm glad that they put a note, a disclaimer saying that it didn't have to be related to real love because me being who I am, D librarian and, and all my life, I've never wanted my, anything that I write. I don't care if it was a paper essay. I don't care what it was. I never want my stuff to sound like anybody else's. Mm. So I'm always going to look for a way to differentiate my writing from the next person. So when I saw that writing prompt, and I had to relate it to me. My actual first heartbreak was experiencing rejection mm. uh, from other people in school or even within inside my own family. And so that was a deep heartbreak for me. And I imagine it's like that for a lot of people. So I thought about that. Those of us who aren't exactly accepted by people, uh, we're always dealing with the spirit of rejection and to treat someone like an object of aversion and whatnot. That's, um, that leaves those people alone, lonely, desolate and isolation. So dessert, that's where I got that word from. But when people first hear it, they automatically think an erotic poem, but it's okay because I'm I let it go. And, <laughs> and they hear and they're like, wow. And then it's like, but in that poem, I wanted people 
to be able to resonate, to relate to the feelings that people are feeling. Mm. Uh, so I described what it was like to actually experience the anxiety, that cool, what I call icy hot, that cool tingling sensation in the chest, mm. the rise in the, the heart rate, um, listening, you know, overt chatter, you know, so people are gossiping about you like out in the open or whatever, you know, and then you're supposed to love thy neighbor as thyself. And so I tried to play a, use a play on words for neighborhood you know Mm. um when i said sounds of overt chatter swam through my mind as i pined over the frivolous nature of my neighbors who knew who this hood would be so unkind Mm. (laughs) you know so i tried to throw that out there so people can think neighborhood is supposed a hood is supposed to be a community that's right. The community of people and we're supposed to love on each other and people really aren't loving on each other where the unkindness is coming from and frivolous nature because they only care about small minded things. And um, sometimes you can lose yourself trying to fit into a space that that isn't it's not welcome for you. And um I just had to realize I had to end that point that no matter how much heartbreak you experience with people at some point, you're going to have, you cannot yoke yourself to people like that. So I decided to yoke myself to God and and build myself up in spirit. So instead of me being so heartbroken, because I, I use that play on the word when I say my heart aches for me, because ache also means to yearn mm, for something. That's right. So now the desire of my heart is to love my Myself, and that's one of the biggest commandment love, commandments: love thy neighbor as thyself. Which means you are commanded to first love yourself, and you cannot love anyone else until you properly love yourself. That's, so that's how I wanted to lace that one up. That's 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 profound because you find in a lot of the scriptures, a lot of the scriptures, that sentiment is repeated because it's so profound and it's so deep, it's so huge to love your, to love people like you love yourself. You know, there's a there's a because I I I I can say grew up, but I was involved in the Muslim religion for 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 years for years. And um, there's this one verse, there's this one verse in in the um in the Hadith that says it says لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحبه لنفسه and in, in Arabic, that means it means you would never truly believe until you first love for your brother what you love for yourself, what you love for your brother and your sister, what you love for yourself. So you would never truly believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. And I think that's profound. And it, it goes it goes in, in, in all of different religions that sentiment is there it's it's present yes and it's a yes, strong it is. sentiment is a strong is a strong value and principle to have to love people the way you will love yourself and and some people don't know how to do that because they don't know how to love themselves and it's so it's so it's so crazy it's so crazy so you look at people and you look at their 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 demeanor their persona mm-hmm. and you like wow why why do you do the things that you do because it's basic they really don't love themselves and you have to be learned you have to be taught to learn to love yourself in this society that we the way we grow up in this society you know it's so many different obstacles that's thrown at us to make us hate ourselves 
You know, look at look look at look at the from the the aspects of the colorism. You know, the you have in all different aspects of media. If you're darker skinned, you get typecast as a certain a certain type of personality. The lighter you right. are, the 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 more closer you get to whiteness. So this is the 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 uh, the white supremacist concept or mindset. But it gets to you subconsciously. It's not right there in your face saying that, oh, you're bad because you're black. No, it's the little nuances that happens throughout your life, throughout the, you know what I'm saying? Throughout your existence, you see little nuances that says, all right, boom, not for you because you're this, not for you because you're this. And they have a lot of these different things. So when you learn to love yourself, to love the skin that you're in, to love the fact that you are who you are, that you bring something dynamic to this world. A lot of us don't know how to do that. A lot of us don't know how to do that. So that's why you see a lot of black people hating on black people. It's because, like I was telling somebody the other day, I seen some R. Kelly stuff. You know how R. Kelly's R. Kelly thing is all over the place, right? So I see these yeah. people just getting up on the, on the internet and they bashing them. Now, mind you, I don't agree with none of the stuff that he did, the sexual deviance and all that stuff. All that stuff is one thing. But why is it so easy? And I put this on the post. Why is it so easy when the perpetrator is black for you to go all out, go ham? You do all types of things. But you you bypass so many different examples of other individuals doing the same and worse, but you embrace them. But when you when it's your own kind that do it, you got to go ham. You got to, oh, nah, no, no, nah, this is, this is, you know what I'm saying? Talk about some of them uncles and some of them damn cousins you got that, you know what I'm saying? Talk about some of them that that's just as perverted as R. Kelly. But the thing about it is, is that we need as a people to come to have some type of understanding or some type of reverence and some type of love for each other when we see each other in distress the first thing it shouldn't be oh i'm gonna kick him while he down let me help my brother let me help my sister like what you going through like like, like can i be of some assist assistance to you can i help you in any way but we, the first thing that happens when we're dealing with our own is that if they're down kick them while they down Cause we can't let him get up. We can't let him get up because if, if he get up, he's going to overtake me. And that's the, that's the mentality that's been taught to us throughout slavery that you have to worry about you. They always mm -hmm. kept the slaves divided. Keep the ones in the house, keep the ones in the, in the field because there'll yeah. always be a division. The ones in the, in the field, they want to run. But the ones yes. in the house, like, nah, nigga, I got it good. I ain't going to, I'm going to run for, I'm going to run getting right. chased by dogs and, 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 you know what I'm saying? I got all this luxury yes. right here. So it's like, we have to come together as a people and realize our power, realize the, th develop principle, man, develop principle, but at the same time, erase the hate for one another because there's yes. an underlying hate that, that deals and plagues our people, man. You know what I mean? You got the light skin from the dark skin. You got the Caribbean from the non-Caribbean. You got the, you know what I'm saying? You got the fat from the skinny. You got the, everything we find, we invent new different ways to subdivide ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, oh, that ain't me. I'm from Brooklyn. And uh, you from Queens. I don't mess with people from Queens. If you see, if you see New York, it's crazy like that. You got you people who divide themselves because we in New York and I'm in Brooklyn, you in Queens. Oh, I don't mess with Brooklyn people. I don't mess with Brooklyn people. We both black. 
we both going through the same shit and you don't mess with me because I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The, the thought, the thought process that mm. that's, but you get it. I've been listening to you sitting the whole time. I'm sitting, I'm like, yup, yup. That, yes, it's, it's the thinking, the mind. And it's like, how did they get there? Where mm. did that mentality come from? And it's one of the things that inspires my writing a lot. I'm a problem solver and objective mm. thinker and I pay attention and I, I really do sit and I listen to people. I listen to what people say. Mm. When they put their posts on Facebook, I actually read the captions. Mm. I look at these memes and I sit there and I look, I'm like, dang. So, and I realize that people contradict themselves a lot mm-hmm. um, in those conversations uh, in society. And, and I'll give you an example because one, and I hope that I articulate this properly so it comes off the, the way it's supposed to but um, like one thing it, a lot of people in society will tell you don't care about what anyone thinks mm-hmm. live your, your life do you be you be happy the things of that nature don't worry about another, you know what I'm saying they got, don't worry about what people say about you and blase blase okay that's fine get it but the moment that someone openly expresses that hey Mm. I don't care about your opinion. I don't care what you got to say about me because I do that often because and I and I do that and I and I do it when I'm talking to people. I make sure that I reveal certain things in conversation. I do this while when we're having conversations. I do this when I post memes. I do this in my poems, everything, and people still don't listen. So when you're engaging with me or whatever, it should never surprise you how I interact with you because I, I tell people that you you hear me say it openly all the time. I don't give a damn about your opinion. Mm. I understand everybody has an opinion. It's a belief or a judgment, whatever, but an opinion will never trump a fact. That's right. Never, ever, ever. Never, ever. <laughs> so if I know something for a fact and you're coming at me with an opinion, why the hell do you think that your opinion supersedes mine? If you you have an opinion about me and you're spreading rumors or whatever, and I tell you that I don't care, then you're going to tell me that I'm wrong for saying that I don't care. But at the same time, you're preaching to people not to care about what other people think. Don't worry about what other mm-hmm. people have to say about you. And one part of worry, worry and care are also words that are synonymous with each and they mean not to give concern. That is the, when I say I don't care, it doesn't mean that I don't respect or value what you have to say, but what, you know, you have to earn the right to have an opinion about me, about anybody really, because in an opinion, you, you have to spend time with people to develop a well-rounded opinion. So that's one thing. And um, there's another, there's so many different directions I can go with that when people give you all of this advice and then they turn around and they contradict themselves. Like a lot of people who say that they don't, they hate religion or they don't believe in religion. And I laugh mm. to myself every time I hear that statement. Every time I hear that statement, because what people don't realize is that religion, whatever religion is doctrine, rules, governance. So anything that you believe in or that you follow, I don't care if it came from you, even mm. if it comes from you, 
your own mind, your own thoughts. That's your religion. However you choose to leave, whatever rules that you have set in your mind, principles, doctrine, guidelines, whatever you want to call it, but whatever governs the way you move and the way that you think is your religion. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do with consistency, you do so religiously. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear people tell me that they don't believe in religion. Just tell me, or when they talk about man-made religion and they try to, you know, criticize the word of God or the Bible and they talk about it's written by man. Well, don't you think every other religion and the things that you're talking about right now, that's written by man, that's conjured by man. So what are we talking about? Everything, every all of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I got the concept because I see this religion thing is real deep. And but you you just made a great point. You just made a great point. You just made a great point that everything that you do, you do it in a religious order. You know what I'm saying? So the religiosity of the of the aspect of whatever it is you do, and it don't have to be Christendom or Judaism or Islam. It could be anything that you do is is religious. Is is the religiosity of it? Is that you doing it in a a, a, a a format that's repeating over and over again. These are the principles that you take and you hold there and you act them out. See the religion, see that I, I agree with you a hundred percent, my sister, the religion, the only problem I have with religion, religion is mm-hmm. how they try to manipulate the masses. But yeah. the aspect of you as an individual taking something and you internalizing it, there's nothing wrong with that. Living these lives and your principles. Like I said, I was involved with the um, Islamic faith. Like I used to be a, a highly religious person. When I say religious, I mean, I will go over the, like overboard. Like the way you see me right now, the way I used to be, the way I used to be, <laughs> it wasn't dope. Matter of fact, it was so deep. The way I used to be, I wouldn't have this conversation with you. We wouldn't even have this interview because I didn't believe in talking to women that wasn't my wife. You dig what I'm saying? It's like in Islam, you can't really, you can't really have a conversation with a woman that's not your wife, unsupervised. So the fact that the fact that the like if you if you and another sister's in a close quarter together and y'all having a regular conversation, that's impermissible in Islam. It's impermissible. You can't be alone with another woman that's not your wife. Or if she's not your sister, your aunt, or your mom, or somebody closely related to you that you can't marry them, you can't be with a non, a marriable, a woman that you're able to marry, but you're not married to her. You can't be in the same vicinity with her alone, unsupervised. And that's the way the religion is. So I used to be like that, really strong in religion. But the thing about it is this, the principles... I, I can't I've, I've come to the realization that it's not about the religion it's about you it's about the person it's about how you internalize how you apply because you have some people who are dogmatic and they just oh this is this and da 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 everybody going to hell and da 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 you don't you don't believe this you going straight to hell and then you those are the dogmatic people then you have people who are practical who understand how to navigate like they will take a parable from the bible and give it to you and it'll make sense and it, you, it, it can help you you know what i'm saying it can help you like you say yo look well i know this one verse in the bible where jesus was saying that da 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 and you listen like that makes sense to me i can take that and i can utilize that the dogma yes. i don't i don't get 
but the aspect of the sincerity the you taking the words and you living them that's what's important and a lot of people they want to be religious for show they want to be religious because they want to be the one that get all the praise like i'm telling you i used to be in the muslim community and you see how many different people jock for position People who get vain because they want position in life and they will jock for that. But then you'll meet the most sincere people that I've ever met. I've met I've met sincere Christians that I can sit down with and have a dialogue with and we can build. You know what I mean? We can find common ground. This is what I love. I don't like that dogma whereas people become so overbearing and say, oh, this is the way it has to be. And if you don't do it like this, you're going, you're being condemned to hell. No, I don't believe that. However, I do believe in the effect and the change that religion can have on a person. It can really, it can really bring a person out of a, of darkness because that's what it did for me. That's exactly what it did for me. So I can't, can't say now, oh, that I'm not religious no more. Oh man, forget religion, man. ain't nothing. Nah, nah, I won't do that because I know how it, where it brought me. It took me to the place that I needed to get to in order to get to the place where I'm going. Because it's all about it's all it's, it's all about growing. You know what I'm saying? It's not about just staying stagnant. Cause at some point in time, you gotta have some type of understanding of what the world is, what's expected of you, what can you do to make the world better. And you gotta ask these questions to yourself. And sometimes religion gives you the most immediate answers. But after a while, they become mundane. And then you say, oh, I got to look for different things. I got I to evolve. I can't stay right here. So that's where I'm at in my life now that, you know, I respect religion. I respect people who honor the principles of religion. I ain't going to say the religion itself. I'm talking about these people who, you know, I can see God in them. I see God in them. You know what I'm saying? When I see you, I see you walking with a certain light. It's there. You know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't even approach you in a disrespectful manner because your light exudes respect and honor. You know what I'm saying? I see what God is doing for you in your life. I can see that. You know what I'm saying? But people or other people, you got to, you know what I'm saying? You see the fakers. You know what I'm saying? You see, yeah. you see the Miss Ethels that go and run and ridicule everybody in the church. Oh, she know about everybody's dirty, dirty laundry. You know what I'm saying? But don't want to talk about her own. I ain't talking about the people, man. I'm talking about the sincere people who walk with that light of God and you can see it on them. And I see it on you, my sister. I see it. And 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 it don't have to divide us. That's the that's the problem. A lot of times, because oh, you're Muslim, you're Christian, you're Jew, we can't be together. We can't come together and build. And that's the that's the nonsense that I hate. Because when I'm telling you, when I when, when I was when I was a Muslim, like hard body, people would tell me, man. I mean, it was crazy because I would look at these certain Christian people, right? And I say these person, these people fast, they pray. The most kindest people I know. So it, I just found that I found it hard to say that this person right here is going to hell because they don't believe the same thing I believe. I just found that difficult because I looked at them every I, I see them every day. I, I'm, I'm aware of their character. You no, know, the way they present themselves, they're always kind, always helpful. So how can I say as a Muslim? that this Christian is going to hell because he don't believe what I believe. But if you look at this person, everything about this person is godlike. They fast, they pray, they, they're very kind to their neighbors. You know what I mean? They, they patient. It, all, they got all the characters that all the religions talk about, but just because they're not a part of this religion, they're going to hell. 
that's when I that's when I call bullshit. That's when I say nope, I can't, I can't. You know what I'm saying? So I respect people for their beliefs, and I know it's always a journey. It was a journey for me. I know I was on this particular journey, and once I evolved and I got to the point where I understood, now it's time for me to take another approach. And that's what it is. It's not to stay stagnant. It's to be always evolving, always growing. And that's the beauty about, you know what I'm saying? That's the beauty about embarking on a particular religion or a different or a particular way of life. Because it's no, it's no right or wrong way. You know what I mean? And that's how we get caught up when we try to start divide ourselves because, oh, I don't believe the same thing you believe in and you don't believe the same thing I believe. I know I could, I believe that we're both black and I, and I believe that we both have been through some shit in this country. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can identify with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yes. yeah, that's my queen. Yes, my queen, man. I, oh, I love this conversation. I wish we can go on for, for forever, man. Because we already went past the hour. You know what I'm saying? We already went past the hour. But I wish I could just be here forever, man. I mean, we can, we can, we can just talk all day, me and you. But I want you to get your last piece. I want you to bring one more piece to my audience before we close the show, man. And uh, I definitely got to have you back on the show for a different panel, a, a panel discussion, and we can just get together, have a panel discussion with some different artists. And just build, man, because uh, your okay. mind is so beautiful. I love the way you think. I really love the way you think. I really do. Thank you. I really do. So let me set this stage up for you for your final okay. piece, because I'm being all selfish and all that, man. I'm keeping you all to myself. So <laughs> let me let me let my audience get your last piece. All right. Okay. Coming back to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for my sister and your sister, the beautiful D Librarian. There's something especially prolific about self-reflection. So I am going to offer a reflection poem. There is something peculiar about a fool one knows the right one ought to do, yet chooses to dishonor the rules. With senseless actions and unwise investments, yielding one a costly tag, such masterful resolve results, effects that tend to drag. Determination to set one's purpose on deeply satisfying desires, lights a fire too intense to extinguish, to which passion's purpose inspires. Intending on a desired result drives one crazy. On purpose, one stands. However trivial the indiscretion, one's resolve is one's advantage. Crazy is one to think that purpose and passion are one and the same. Such presumption produces a vice too tempting for one to tame. Two sides of the same coin Purpose and folly balancing the scales. Objects of such affection lending themselves insightful tales. However wonderful in practicality, despite the result, end, aim, or goal, such activism yields accordingly, often a reflection of one's self-control. One knows the right one ought to do. For a cause, one bends the rules. There are lessons one can learn, albeit the folly of fools.
you got me pressing wrong buttons, man. Oh my God, man. I'm telling you, I get so lost. I get so lost in your pieces, man. I get so lost in your pieces. That was that was the perfect, the perfect poem to end your set. That was the perfect <laughs> poem to end your set. And what I'm gonna do, man, when I when because I'm gonna have fun editing this. When I I'm gonna listen to that poem again and again. That last one you just spit, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that one again and again. That self-reflection poem is deep. And I know it's more stuff in there that I didn't catch. I'm gonna go back and listen to that again and again. That piece right there is profound, sister. And okay. I mean, wow, man. Now my guest, I mean my audience, do you see what I mean? Do you see? You came in, you blazed, you blazed the mic. You came in here, you I mean, you gave my audience heat. You gave my audience heat. It was well worth the wait because we supposed to did this interview yesterday, but we got a little hiccups. We got a couple of hiccups, but we came and did it today. And I'm, I'm so happy. I'm proud that you came back. You, you fought. You's a fighter because they was trying to get you. They was trying to. They was trying to. They was trying to break your stride, Queen. They was trying to break your stride. But uh, we're definitely here, man. I, I I so appreciate you for coming through, spending this time with me, and lending us your wisdom. Lending us, you know, your experiences and your words, because I believe that words are the most powerfulest thing on this plane, on this plane, on this planet, in this universe. Your words are the most powerful voice or your tool or your weapon to use to affect change in your life. And that's your words. And my sister, you came and you brought your words here today. And I really, really appreciate you. And I really thank you. I want to remind all my audience that if you guys want to get on the Spoken Soul Session show, hit me up with an email at SpokenSoulSessions at gmail.com. Y'all know soul is spelled S-O-L. Hit me up with your links. Hit me up with your bio or something that I can find out about you, your SoundCloud links, anything. Anything I can find out about you, I can read your work. I will spotlight you on the show because the whole purpose of this show is to pay homage and, and provide a platform for spoken word artists because I really believe in the power of the spoken word. But my sister, man, it's been such a pleasure. You want to plug yourself, what you got going on? What like Let the people know, how can we support you? How can we... You know, do something to help you. What we can do. You came and gave us all this this love. You gave us all your words. Like, what can we do to support you and help you, my sister? Tell us. Okay, so I am an activist and activism, even though I will be fighting for my com community and advocating on certain groups of people's behalves. Um, being an activist just means to put something into action. Mm. So it, it's, it's like, I don't talk about it. I be about it. I'm That's a doer. Right. So if you're the type of person to, if you're a doer and you put something into action, you are an activist. If people can hold you to your word and you say you're going to do something, you act. So that's what I do mm. because I'm an army veteran and I was also married to someone who was incarcerated for a long time. And I am an artist and artists need to put out very specific messages for people so that we can be very productive in society. And I facilitate those, um, all of those efforts under uh, D Library that's on IG and Facebook at DEE -E Library. I think on Facebook it might be D Library 1182, something like that. But but D Library is, I'm, I'm going to be very difficult to miss. <laughs> when okay. you, 
And on Instagram, on IG, my poetry page is D Librarian. That's at D E E Librarian, L I B R A R I A N, but add another N and an E to it. Um, I do a lot of community service work. I'm volunteering for a nonprofit organization now. I'm also building my own where I write grant. I'm working on coalition building. Uh, so that means other nonprofit, basically trying to help join nonprofit organizations together. Mm-hmm. Some of the smaller ones that were made by a lot of these artists, because a lot of the poets that y'all know and love, a lot of them have nonprofit organizations that they're trying to build and partnering up with other local nonprofits. You create coalitions so that all the organizations are supporting each other and cooperate crowdfunding and other funding. So we have to, if we want certain changes to take place in our communities, we have to come together and do some of those things ourselves. So I'll be sharing a lot of that on D library as well as performing uh, street interviews, uh, sometimes live interviews and other documentaries. So I will um, do some crowdfunding projects in the near future and I will continue to do it to help facilitate those projects because I want to document the people Mm. so that we can learn of their plights and their successes and that we can show people that there are people out here, they're struggling with this and this is what they're doing to get out of it. And these are groups of people that are helping support their communities to help empower others. That's the purpose of all of it, to help people improve their ways of thinking, build your vocabulary, your levels of intelligence, and just to to help bring you closer to your fellow neighbor. And Mm. that's it. Definitely. Like, I want to be there to help. So when when we when I when we go off air, I'm gonna give you my personal contact information. Where anything that you need oh, me to do, yeah. you know, what I'm saying if you need me to bring some awareness on my show, or you need me to shout something out for you, I got you. You know, what I'm saying definitely, man. Uh, I think all of us together, you know, the 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 bigger the network that we can help each other. You know, what I'm saying. It, it all works for the best. It all works for the good. So that's what I want to do. Definitely, man. I want to. I'm going to be instrumental and help in any way I can. So if you have any type of, of of something that you want to be brought aware awareness to, and I can just post it on the show. I can make a little commercial for it and, and remind my audience to make sure they go check it out. Or you know what I mean? Whatever I need to do, my sister, because we got to help each other. We have to. We have to network with each other. So I'm extending that invitation to you like as soon as we go off air i'm gonna give you my private information and you can you know what i'm saying hit me up let me know what you need you know what i'm saying definitely i want to yeah. thank you guys for coming in sharing this time with me and i want to inspire you guys to be better today than you was yesterday i want to encourage you to look at tomorrow Look at tomorrow as a new potential, as a new possibility to bring something new to the world. Do not allow yourself to be stagnant. Do not allow yourselves to be complacent. Do not put yourself in a box. Live free. Go out there. Effect change. Let your words work for you. Let your words transform you. Let your words manifest for you. People, I want you to know that I love you. I love you. And I want you to always speak your soul. Always speak your soul. And I hope that you love me too. Peace. Peace. Oh, that was 
is a good show.